Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Matthew, the 16th chapter, we're going to begin there, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And well, they said, so, well, some saying you're John the Baptist, uh, some Eli- Elias or Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said, Jesus said, but whom say ye? What are you saying about me? And the, I mean, everybody, isn't that something about Christianity? I mean, there's so many Christians have different perspectives on who God is, who Jesus is. And uh, only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. How many here want God to reveal some truth to you this morning? Amen. That's why you're here. And the Bible says, Simon Peter, he answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it or this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You got something that no educator could reveal to you. No person on earth could reveal to you. Only the Father in heaven, which simply means that what Peter, how Peter responded came directly from the Spirit of God, hallelujah, uh, uh, in his life. And the Bible says, he went on to say, uh, as I, uh, uh, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Jesus himself said, that upon this rock, and that rock is referring to spiritual insight, uh, seeing, seeing the word of God through the eyes of God, by the spirit of God. If you agree, say amen. amen. And, and he says, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The word it there is referring to the rock of spiritual revelation or spiritual insight uh, of who God is. But more importantly, listen, who God is through the life and ministry of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, revealed to us through the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to read the Passion Bible translation, and I just follow along here. So when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples this question. What are the people saying about me, the son of man? Uh, Who do they believe I am? And they answered, well, some are convinced that you're John the Baptist, or the baptizer. Others said that you're Elijah, reincarnated, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am? And Jesus asked, I mean, I would, I, I, I just stop and think about that for a moment. Just stop and think about if God were to ask you that question, or if someone in the world around you would ask you that question, would you have would you have sound doctrine to give them? Would you have the spiritual revelation that you yourself have received from the Holy Spirit to impart to them the truth that would make them free? Amen. So he says, um, who do you say that I am? And, and Simon Peter spoke up and said, you're the anointed one, the son of the living God. Now, Jesus replied, I love this part. 
you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. See, when you come to a service, you have to be prepared inwardly. You really do. You have to settle some issues. If you haven't settled them before you got here, you better settle them as quick as you can. Because if you don't have things right on the inside, it will literally, it will literally blind you from the things that God wants you to see in that very service, in that specific service. And then you leave here not, not having or not being equipped with what you need to face what you're about to face. Amen. That's why it's so important. Let a man judge himself. We're good at judging everyone around us, but we need to judge ourselves and make sure our hearts are ready and receptive to receive what God has for us. He goes on now, he says, uh, uh, my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Now I give you the name Peter, a stone. And on this rock will be, and, and this rock the revelation of who I am, this rock, will, uh, I love this, will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. And I love this part, my legislative assembly. And the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. I just love that. To forbid on earth what is, what, which is forbidden in heaven. Amen. How many agree that, that um, heaven forbids the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? Heaven re, uh, uh, forbids pride and rebellion. Can I have an amen? But heaven, uh, heaven praise God, um, re, uh, heaven releases through you the spirit of humility, the spirit of subservience, the spirit of love, the spirit of faith. Amen. Amen. That's what we're to release, praise God, out of our lives to the world that needs Jesus. Now, Again, revelation knowledge or the ability to hear what the Spirit is saying and to see what the Spirit is saying regarding the Scriptures is the bedrock foundation on which Christ will build His church, the Bible says. And Jesus made it very clear that the power of death in the many avenues to which it is manifest, anxiety, fear, oppression, hopelessness, sickness, emotional stress, relational struggles, etc., the Bible says, will not be able to overcome God's promises in his word. Can you shout hallelujah? Amen. Now, prior to salvation, and, um, you know, I struggled for 20 years of my life uh, with my identity, which was destroyed when I was a child. So, I, uh, but I didn't realize that Satan, the Bible says the God of this world blinds the minds of them that don't believe. Satan had blinded me from the goodness of God. Amen. So before or prior to salvation, every one of us as sinners, were blinded from what God had for us. Would you agree with that? I mean, he had salvation for us, deliverance, healing, etc., etc., et and we were blinded uh, from seeing it. We were living in the Bible called spiritual darkness. Amen. And um, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world blinds the minds of them that don't believe. But look at verse 3 out of the Amplified. Now, if our gospel, say our gospel, say our gospel, Say, my gospel. Amen. Amen. So it's very important that you take that and accept the responsibility of that, of that for your life. See, a lot of times in church situations like this, 
we hold the pastor accountable for the success of a ministry. And of course, we take that very seriously. We want the ministry to succeed. We want to see the house of God full, just as God does. If you agree, say amen. But see, you have a part to play in that. I said, you have a part to play in that. And that is to go out, and that's why we're doing this. We're excited because in the future, near future, we'll be setting up some classes for discipleship. Why? So that we're qualified to give answers to people that ask the questions. Amen. Who, who is the Son of God? Somebody will ask you, talk about Jesus, or who is Jesus? Well, we know through religion, we know who he is, but do we know him by revelation? Do we know him by the impartation of the Spirit of grace? Amen. Which is important. So if our gospel, or the glad tidings, not the sad tidings, also, uh, watch this, also be hidden or obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God. See, when you're not walking with God, and you're not walking in love, and you're not walking by faith, uh, uh, and, and it's just the opposite. You're, you're, you are rebellious. You are arrogant. You, you are condescending. You are critical. Uh, you know, it, it, all of a sudden, you don't realize through those expressions, you have a veil. You have covered your, the, the, the visage of your spiritual life with a covering so people cannot see the Christ who's in you. You agree with me on that? So that's what he's talking about. So if our gospel be hid, so we're the only ones that can hide it. If our gospel be hid, uh, uh, um, uh, gospel also be hidden, obscured, and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are perishing, obscured only to those who are spiritually dying, and veiled only to those who are lost. Amen. So the question is, what did Jesus come to the earth to do? He came to save the lost. In fact, he says in Luke 19, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, in 1 Timothy 1, Paul is instructing young Timothy, who was a minister. Now, he said, this is a faithful saying. Of course, Paul knew it because Paul was Saul, and uh, he was quite the rebellious guy as far as the heart of God. Hey, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first, in me first, amen, say that, in me first. In me first. Right, right. In me first, the Bible says, um, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my way, forgive me. Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. watch this, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. In me first. In me first. Now, you know, you know you've heard my testimony, how I was raised, but what I want to emphasize this morning is that um, the one that, I mean, in my own perception, that was more, you know, quote, unquote, the black sheep of the family, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, didn't have a great education, um, you know, was really destroyed as a young child. Uh, and I didn't have any future, I mean, as far as my perspective. And so it was like God chose me out of all my family to save me and to change me so that ultimately I could lead my dad to the Lord, I could lead my mom to the Lord, Amen. I said, amen. And so many, many others, praise God, in me first. So when God saved you, it wasn't because you were better than your family. Possibly you were worse than your family. But God saved you first so that you could be a light to those that are still in darkness. If you agree, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. For the God of this world has blinded, this amplified, the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, of the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. Amen. So is there an answer for those who have been blinded by the God of this world? Well, of course there has to be because it was the illuminating light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed your life while you were in the depths of darkness. If you agree, say amen. amen. And I say this, I don't say it. I'd say it because I'm serious about it. If God saved me, he can save anybody. If God saved you, he can save anybody. Now, I'm not, I'm, you know, some of you are young. You don't have some of the darkness, you know, that some of us walked in. The degrees of darkness uh, are, were different than others. But uh, darkness is darkness. And, it, you're, uh, and it's there until Jesus opens your eyes. If you agree, say amen. amen. Paul continues, verse 5. For what we preach, watch this, is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves merely, watch this, as your servants or your slaves for Jesus Christ. You know, today we have all the wonderful testimonies of all the wonderful good things God has blessed us with, but it should never be about us. It should always be about him. What do I mean by that? It should always be this, that on a daily basis, the reason you are even alive today and the only reason the quality of life that you have today is because of Christ working in your life, not because you've done everything right. And I think that is the thing that um, has a little bit of a stumbling block, I think, for even people to come into the church because we, we somehow... Um, I'm not sure how, you know, we somehow reflect a message that we all have it together and they don't. But none of us have it together. And I've always said this, and it's true. I've always said this, and I mean, that's not an excuse for you to not be disciplined, you know, you know right? And, and, and not, not take responsibility for your spiritual lives. But God, I mean, every one of us are messed up in some areas or some degrees of, 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 of a mess. And to, which, to which we each day rely on the love of God, the goodness of God, and the mercy of God. If you agree, say amen. 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 It's true. He goes on and says, we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ. For God, verse 6, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, so has shown in our hearts, why? So as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face. That word face means the visage or the countenance or fashion of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, which is to be discovered and seen in you and I. However, we possess, watch this. We possess this treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur, uh, grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. Amen. So that right there should tell every one of us that we carry the glory of God, but we do it in very fragile, very fragile vessels of clay. These vessels of clay give us a fit every day of our lives. 
But God wants us to remember it's not about us. It's about him. Always. Amen. And this is the spiritual treasure within that continues to increase in value. Hallelujah. As the revelation knowledge of who Christ is increases and expands on the inside of us. Now, Matthew, uh, the fifth chapter, I'm going to read something out of New Living Translation. Now, Jesus, in the early stages of his ministry, addresses his disciples and let them know who they are. He said this to them, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are, say, I'm the salt of the earth. And we know Jesus is, right? I mean, he is, but he said, you are. Then he goes on and says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Amen. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Again, again, the good deeds of what? A good, good, the good deeds of subservience, humility, reverence, respect, honor, uh, words of life instead of words of death, words of encouragement. Can I have an amen? A life that is always having a good thing to say. Now, we know we live in a world, and in fact, I got a letter from Dr. Barclay. I was reading it, and I thought I might read it to, uh, to all of you uh, in the uh, coming days. But again, we're living in very troubled times. I mean, I mean we really are. I mean, I've never, I mean, in all my life, I've never seen such darkness over America. Yet, on the other hand, we're the light of the world. Amen. So, we know our answer is not found in the political realm, even though every one of us want men and women that have more of a, a love for God and country. Can I have an amen? So that they won't lead us into bondage, but will lead us out of bondage. We want that. But on the other hand, and I believe it's coming, but as, on the other hand, we have to understand who we are, that we are the light of the world, that we are the salt of the earth. Amen. Thank you for your excitement. I said, amen. We really are. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 14 of the Message Bible. Here's another way to put it. You're to, here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a, lamp, lamp, a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So these times that we're living in are not the times to be discouraged um, and despondent uh, regarding what's going on in our nation, but to know that now we have opportunities to point, Jesus, uh, point people who are filled with hopeless, hopelessness to Christ because he's the hope of glory. I mean, I mean, he's the hope of God's presence in that person's life. Amen. Ephesians 5, verse 8. 
For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. Can you all say thank you, Lord? So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Philippians 2 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Obviously, Paul wrote that because there was complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. See, the only, re- the only way a-, a believer can ultimately become crooked uh, and-, and perverse is... is through what he focuses or she focuses on. You focus on the wrong things, you begin thinking wrong, speaking wrong, living wrong, and doing wrong. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm going to close in Matthew, the 13th chapter, bring all this to. I just got so blessed. I have to read this, and we have time. In Matthew 13, this is the parable of the sower. Now remember, a parable, Jesus taught parables using natural stories to reveal a spiritual truth. That's what a parable is. Using a natural story to reveal a parable, uh, to a spiritual truth. And I use the message translation. And I don't, and again, please understand. I've had people persecute me for using the message translation. I don't use it for everything. But there are specific scriptures that are really kind of a blessing in different, in different. In fact, I, I was trying to read a scripture in the Bible yesterday about, um, uh, I just try to see what it said. And I got, the greatest revelation I got from that scripture was from the King James. But then on the other hand, there's scripture in the King James. I'm, what in the world are they saying? So then I go to a different translation. And I'm not trying to get the Bible to say what I wanted to say. I'm just trying to learn from it. So different translations are okay. Amen. Uh, so don't send me any emails. Just, uh, just enjoy it. Here's what it says. At that, about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline. I love this translation. Forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed the congregation. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Telling stories, okay, or a parable. What do you make of this, he said? A farmer planted seed. I mean, anybody with any, I mean, especially back then. I'm serious. The kids today, there's kids today that don't realize that milk comes from a cow. Or, 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 the, or the hamburger they're eating actually came from an animal, you know. And of course, those that, you got the vegetarians, you know, and, uh, that own, and that's fine if you want to be a vegetarian, that's great. Some people are vegetarians because of their health. And uh, in fact, you know, come, oh, things I have to talk about. When it comes to <laughs> dark meat, now that I've gotten older, it's much easier for me to stay away from dark meat because it's hard to digest. And so I eat, you know, fish and, and, and uh, chicken and, and turkey and, you know, few other things, but the whiter meats are easier for me to digest. It's just, uh, yeah. But, you know, um, so it's not about, it's not about anything. Pray over your food and believe God is blessed. Can I have an amen? Don't get hung up on so many things. Hallelujah. Now that I'm over with that, I'll get back to the word. 
So the Bible says a farmer planted seeds. So very easy in that day. Why? Because their life, livelihood came from farmers. And it does today, even though some people don't even realize it. When farmers have a great season, it profits everybody. And that's why we pray for farmers, for that reason. I've been praying earnestly the last couple months for rain. Because if we wouldn't have had rains when we did through the past month, we would have had a drought. And, um, and so we pray for that. I pray for that for the benefit of the farmers, but for the benefit of our state overall. If you agree, say amen. amen. And so, so it's very easy. A farmer planted seed. We got that. As he scattered the seeds, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Y'all getting that so far, right? Pretty easy. And then he goes, some fell, um, excuse me, some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Now you can shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And then he says, are you listening to this? Are you really listening? He said, he said, I am sharing spiritual truths with you that are going to change your life. But are you listening? Are you, have you prepared yourself to hear what the Spirit is saying through me at this very moment? If you want a harvest, a good harvest, you're going to have to plant some good seeds. And every word that we speak out of our mouths contains seed that is not only scattered on the hearts of the hearer, but also scattered on your own heart. Amen. Every word. That's why Jesus says, by your words, Matthew 12, 37, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. It's your words that are going to be the outcome of the quality of life that you have, you know. So don't be constantly complaining, you know, about of what's going on in government. You just praise God that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Hallelujah. And that you have got the bread of life. You've got the bread of life right here that is going to provide everything that you'll ever need on this side of heaven. Yeah, give God a shout of praise for that. Amen. Everything. <laughs> praise the Lord. So let's go on. Why tell stories? The disciples came up and asked, why do you tell stories? He replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. This is revelation knowledge. Now, you know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Not because God chooses some to have it and some not to have it. No, no, no. He explains this. He says this. Whenever someone has a ready, the other translation says, including King James, the Amplified, a receptive heart. Say receptive. Amen. Whoever has a ready or receptive heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. How many want to come to church every Sunday and get something from God? Amen. Yeah, we do. We do. But we don't realize that how we come literally will end up determining how we leave. He goes on and says this. But if there is no readiness... Any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories. To create readiness. To nudge the people toward receptive insight. Amen. 
I get saddened sometimes in my heart when people come to me and say, Pastor, and they don't ever mention names, so I don't know any, I have no idea. I'm sure every one of you are here are innocent of this. But, but sit on your phone and, and play a game or read your emails during, a, during the message. My goodness. I mean, this is, this, 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 all this, what we're doing today is a matter of life and death. It really is. It's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of learning how and being trained on how to listen to the Holy Spirit so that when there's danger ahead, man, you hear it. You hear it. Don't, don't, don't go that way. No, no, don't do that. I mean, you, you, I'm serious about it. I'm going to believe that God wants to preserve your life. Amen. But, there, but that's, that is how you hear will be determined by how well you take care of what, what's on the inside. Let's go on. Let's finish this. Now, he says... That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight in their present state. They can stare till doomsday and, and not see it. <clears throat> um, listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. And what, what did Isaiah say? Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. My goodness, that's terrible. To come to church and to sit here and not hear anything of what the Spirit is saying. How many believe that God's given you ears to hear and eyes to see? He really has. I'm talking about spiritually. No, that, and then he says, the people are blockheads. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> they, now watch this. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. Come on, give him praise for that. Hallelujah. You do. Say, I have God-blessed eyes to see. And I have God-blessed ears to hear. Amen. Praise God. Oh, my, this is important. Hallelujah. So what's interesting is this. As I'm reading this, the Holy Spirit said to me, again, see, though we, I didn't see it in this capacity, he said to me, the mystery of spiritual insight and revelation is found in the parable of the sower. So we're going to have to dig into that and find out. Because every one of us, God has ordained called and blessed us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. So that when we leave, we're inspired, we're strengthened, and we're confident, praise God, that God is with us, God is leading us, and God is blessing us. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Give God a good shout of praise if you enjoyed the word today. Hallelujah. So, once you stand, I want to pray for you. Again, I want to remind every one of you, We'd love to have you stay for the second service because of the testimonies. And I really believe if you would, you would your, your presence here will, will reflect the honor that you have for kids and the value that you have for them. I'm serious about this. I wish at 15 I could have gone to a Bible camp or 13, 14. I do. I wish I could have had that experience so that I, I could have come back excited knowing that there's an identity 
I don't have an identity crisis in my life. So these kids are going to be sharing some things. I'd love to have you stay for that. Number two, prayer. Quarter to ten. Amen. Sometimes I get grieved in my heart. See, I'm, I guess I'm the pastor, so I can just go ahead and say these things, you know. But I get grieved in my heart when I come out here. And people are just sitting around, gabbing about nothing, instead of going into that prayer room and seeking the heart of God. And I don't, I realize, I do. We got different kinds, you know, different kinds of, you know, people in church. And I'm not trying to put you down or be condescending, but uh, raise your hand if you believe that prayer is important in your life. And to learn how to pray effectively is important. Amen. And uh, Pastor Vicky is anointed in that area. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be uh, around forever. And so these are great opportunities for you to learn, to grow, and be, to be a powerful prayer warrior. So that when the crisis hits the home, you, you, you're not only on your knees, but you're praying effectively and, and powerfully. Can I have an Amen. So these are opportunities to learn. It's schooling. It's discipleship. And uh, uh, today again, you were discipled from the Word of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So now, listen to this. It is not normal. And I say this to all of you, including the young people. It's not normal. It's not a normal thing to open your Bible and not understand certain things. You're not going to understand everything. But first of all, Randy, you preached on this Wednesday night. First of all, Spend your time reading the New Testament. Just stay. The Old Testament was, it's the Old Covenant. What does that even mean? It, I mean, yes, it, 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 it records the fall of man. It records Abraham. And it records the family of Abraham. And how all through, you know, all through the Old Testament for the most part, except for Psalms and Proverbs, which you should read. You know, otherwise, it's all about God addressing a rebellious and stiff-necked people because they simply would not uh, love him and follow him. So, you know, but the New Testament reveals God through the life and ministry of Jesus. And I said this, remember I said it last week? If all you do is get most of your information, people have, people have and their lives are messed up because of it. Uh, get, um, uh, you're, you, you embrace the Old Testament more than you do to the New Testament, my, you'll be calling fire down from heaven. I know your enemies. God, kill them all. Kill them all. But that's not the heart of God. God's saying, save them all. Save them all. I said, save them all. That's the heart of God. So study the Gospels. You'll learn about the life and ministry of Jesus. And study the Epistles, and you'll learn how to behave and act as a Christian. Can I have an amen? That's where you spend your time. If you agree, say Amen. Very important. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.